0: Right now, first ever guest from the Middle East. We're pleased to welcome Stephen Goff, who is covering the World Cup in Qatar for the Washington Post. And I think the last time we spoke to you, you were also in another country as the U.S. men's national team was qualifying. So you've been there for a little while, just since Sunday night, if I got your Twitter correct. Initially, and I don't know if you've been there before, what are your impressions of what you've seen over the last 36 hours, Stephen?
1: Yeah, no, this is my first time in the Middle East and certainly this is the first time the World Cup has been to the Middle East. Uh Qatar, Qatar, <laughs> no matter how you say it. Um <laughs> uh, it, it's a uh, it's a unique place for a, for a major sporting event. Very small. I mean, think about um you know, it's a country smaller than than Connecticut. Um everything's very compact. It's, it's more like an Olympics at a typical world cup where you go from city to city. Yeah. First impressions. I mean, it's, it's winter here, but it's still warm. It's much cooler than it is in June, July, August when it's, you know, 115 degrees or whatever, it's uh, about 90 degrees. Uh, The temperatures are are slowly dropping. So it'll be in the eighties when the tournament starts and it's, it's, it's pleasant at night. Um, You know, fans are starting to arrive. Games start on Sunday it's a very modern city, a very uh, modern metropolitan area. Uh, you know, you go shopping, it's, it's, it's like going to a typical American supermarket. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it's very different, but in a lot of ways, it you know, it, 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 it's symbolic of, of how the world has, has, has shrunk.
0: Do you sense a buzz there and electricity as the world cup draws oh, yeah. closer?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um you know it's you know it's a country of 3 million people um and they're expecting i guess up to a million visitors at some point you see it everywhere i mean there's a, there are large countries that host a world cup um, where the daily rhythm continues um even with the tournament on site uh here in a very small country um yeah the world cup is everywhere um, you know, between banners and, and giant projections on the sides of buildings, uh, to the to marketing campaigns, and, and then obviously the stadiums. I mean, you have eight major stadiums in a metro area, one metro area uh, hosting the World Cup, so um, so you can't miss it. And I think people are very excited. Uh, people who live here are eager to welcome the world. Certainly, it's a country that's had a lot of received a lot of criticism for their human rights policies um, and uh, certainly the top of the mind of of people visiting. um, you, You can't ignore that part of this. Nonetheless, people here have been very warm, very welcoming, very friendly.
0: It's really interesting to think about the United States re-entry back into the World Cup because, of course, they missed it four years ago. And now we're looking at a squad that has, what, one veteran who's ever played in a World Cup before. So what's it been like for them uh, as they land in this country that's so different from the United States and they prepare to reintegrate back into the world of the World Cup?
1: Yeah, it has been a while. Um, They missed 2018, as you said. The only player... Uh, from the 2014 squad in Brazil is DeAndre Edlin, um, a right back who now plays for uh, MLS's Inter-Miami. It is the youngest squad here. Uh, There's not a lot of international experience. There are a lot of players who play for big clubs in Europe um, throughout the year, so they do have those experiences, and and it's a highly talented squad. Um, It's probably four years ahead of its time, um, you know, if you just look at the age and the experience, um, this team is probably better equipped to do well when the 2026 world cup takes place in North America, but they're here now and they should be here now. You know, the U S should never miss a world cup. Uh, they did make events for, for missing in 2018 by qualifying for this one. I think we're all kind of curious to see how they perform. I mean, they could finish uh second in their group. Uh, they could finish fourth. Hard to say. England is clearly the group favorite, but this U.S. team is, is young and exciting and hungry.
0: Stephen Goff is with us from Qatar. Qatar. Either way, he's there getting set <laughs> for the World Cup, which is taking place in November this year. And he's with the Washington Post, and we're excited to have him back on the show, especially on this historic occasion. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. What are the expectations as Greg Berhalter takes this team into the World Cup? They could go 2-0-1 in the group stage. They could go 0-3 in the group stage. Oh. Most
1: likely, it'll be, it'll be somewhere in between. Um, the first game will tell us a lot. They're playing Wales. Wales hasn't been to the World Cup since 1958, but it's a, you know, it's a country with some great history and, and a lot of players from the uh, Premier League in England. Uh, very difficult match for the U.S. These are two teams, along with Iran, that seem to be fighting for second place. That's not to say England is definitely going to win the group, but they are clearly the savers. The success-failure threshold for the U.S. in this World Cup is whether they get out of the group stage. If they they finish in the top two in the group, they advance to the round of 16, it's a success. And anything beyond that is bonus. Um, If they don't get out of the group, I think it's going to be very disappointing. Based on FIFA rankings, they're the second-best team in this group. Uh, based on their personnel, the makeup of this roster, they probably should finish second. Um, but again, it's a, it's, a young, it's a very young and uh, a bit naive squad in some ways. If they can get out of the group, it's, it's, a, it's a good sign for U.S. soccer.
0: Four years ago when the United States missed qualifying, and I will never forget that draw against Trinidad and Tobago that dashed their hopes, Christian Pulisic was obviously heartbroken. And I remember that he wrote a story, I think it got published on the Players' Tribune, in which he had the specific number of days until the next World Cup would begin. What does he have to say about this experience so far?
1: His focus has been on the World Cup. He was part of the team that did not make it. Uh, last time around and and um you know he was certainly one of the few bright spots um in that last game against Trinidad. He's in the spotlight you know he's the most famous, most popular player on this team. He's been in major marketing and advertising campaigns um there's great expectation on him to perform in this tournament um and it comes at a time where he's uh you know he plays for a big club chelsea in in London. Uh, he's not a full time starter, though. So, um, you know, he's he's got a lot to prove at this World Cup to show that he is a truly world class player ready to take that next step in his career. Still only 24 years old. Um, there's a sense that, that this is his time to lead the U.S. team um, and uh, produce the quality soccer um, that he has shown um, in, in his very early career.
0: What is the identity of this particular team? We know the youth, but what else makes them who they are?
1: Typically, of U.S. teams, U.S. soccer teams, um, it's about you know it's about the work ethic, um, it's about the cohesion, the chemistry, and and Greg Berthold has really emphasized that, and, and you saw it in his roster selections. You know, there were probably a few players uh, who have the the talent, the ability, the, the portfolios. To be on this roster, but but he wanted he, he felt it was important to to have some as he calls them glue guys players that are important to the character of the team um, that you know he could rely on on the field but but also, but also off the field um, in his experience as, as a player, you know there were teams that that did not have good chemistry and it showed on the field and now you're blending in a lot of skill and players who have um, risen through the European Uh, leagues and so you mix the character the chemistry with the talent and you on paper have a very good team um you know whether they get the results or not remains to be seen but um you know it could be a fun team to watch at times you know there's some real character with this group
0: Stephen Goff is with us from Qatar slash Qatar covering the World Cup for the Washington Post. And he's had a lot of experience covering World Cups, both men and women. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, Do you still get really excited to see other parts of the world and and this incredible event that is so much bigger outside the United States, to be fair?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, First time in the Middle East for me. First time in the Middle East for the World Cup um u.s team (laughs) doesn't come here often either uh so you know it's a new experience for a lot of people you know these u.s players haven't been here the world cup is you know the biggest sporting event in the world it's also the biggest party in the world (laughs) now certainly in qatar which is a much more conservative society culture it's going to be toned down a bit you know alcohol is legal here but very restricted so you know, the usual um, <laughs> alcohol-infused parties that take place around the World Cup will not be as widespread as usual. Um, you can get alcohol. You can get beer. I mean, Budweiser's a major sponsor right. of the World Cup. It's not readily available. You know, there's not a pub on every corner by any means. Um, and it's, it's going to be different. And I think fans have to prepare for that. And also, um, you know, respect... The, you know, the culture. You dress more modestly here than you would in um, a warm weather setting for a, for a major sporting event or concert or uh, any, any large gathering. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely going to be different.
0: Do you expect there to be a lot of American fans who make this trip?
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, typically, for, for many years now, the number one ticket-buying country for a World Cup has been the United States. You know, it was like that in South Africa in 2010, Brazil 2014, less so in Russia because the US didn't qualify. But again here, now that doesn't mean all those Americans are rooting for the US team. I mean, the US United States is a very diverse country and people root for their former countries or their parents, you know, former countries. Um so you'll have fans here who are American but are, you know, supporting Ecuador or Mexico, you know, particularly the Latin American team where um, many, uh, you know, a large section of America has its roots. But, yeah, there'll be a heavy U.S. presence here. Um, Also, you got to have a lot of money to come to a World Cup. And, you know, Americans, Americans typically have, have some money so they can afford to come to a World Cup.
0: No Italy in this World Cup, which has been a bit of a Again. stunner. Right. And so I know I've heard from fans who lament that fact because they won't be able to cheer for Italy. However, uh, who are the favorites going into this World Cup?
1: Start with France because they're the defending champion and they have a, an extraordinary roster.
0: Um, but they
1: also have some players out with injuries. And um, and also, no one repeats. Uh, no one's repeated since 1962 when Brazil followed up from its 58 championship. So, um, you know, I'd say right now, Brazil is the favorite. Um, and then you have Argentina, Belgium, England, uh, Germany all in the mix for a championship run. Um, and you know, we could have a surprise or two here as well. I mean, four years ago, Croatia made it all the way to the final. Mm. Um, it's, 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 Croatia had a lot of history, but no one expected, them to make the, the championship game. Um, so we'll see how this unfolds. Um, I think people are very curious about Senegal, which um, an African team has never made the semifinals of the World Cup. Uh, Senegal has a lot of potential to go a long way. And um, yeah, I, I, I would put my money on, on Brazil right now
0: once it starts it seems like it's all the rage it's a little odd though because it's around the holidays here so i'm kind of wondering how it's going to uh play out in the united states i think it's challenging though whenever it's a sporting event that is what eight hours time difference ahead so kind of interested in that When they missed the World Cup four years ago, it was obviously a huge hit to development, and we've seen multiple coaches. We've seen a lot of changes. Uh, We've seen the U.S. team struggle still before it found its stride. Uh, What do you think is the biggest difference about where the team was then and where the team is now?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this is a new generation of players coming through. Um, You know, guys who probably weren't quite ready uh, for 2018 are now at the forefront. Um, you know, there's a couple of teenagers on this, on this roster. Um, it's, it's a fresh young group. Um, it's, uh, you know, it likes to play dynamic soccer. It's not always successful. It certainly has weaknesses. Um, it, it can't really match up with, with some of the bigger teams in the world. Um, but it's, it's made great strides. And I think Greg Berhalter has done a good job of introducing new players, gotten a couple of regional championships. They qualified for the world cup. So, you know, they're, they're on the right path. And, um, I think, uh, you know, I, I think it lends to, um, uh, positive vibes heading forward. Um, obviously you're judged on how you do at a world cup. And, um, You know, whether they you know if they can get out of the group, I think um, I think it's a great it's a great sign for for everyone involved.
0: People talk about so often, how can we grow the game of soccer in the United States? And I keep coming back to when you win on the World Cup stage. And just like with the women going back to even 1999, there will be so much more interest. And we'll see an explosion, I think, in the game if that was the case, if they have a good run.
1: Sure. I mean, they, you know, they went to the quarterfinals in 2002. That certainly helped the sport, the men, um, that certainly helped the sport grow. Um, The growth of MLS um, has helped. The women's game continues to grow with the national team and the professional league, the NWSL. Um, So, yeah, no, the the, the foundation is there. Um, It continues to get bigger. Um, We see the numbers. We see stadiums being built. Um, but yeah, ultimately, more casual fans will tune tune into a World Cup than for anything else involving soccer. So they're they they have the stage, and this is their chance to perform and not only help themselves, uh, but help help the game at large.
0: Mm, cannot wait until Monday with that opening match against Wales, two o'clock Eastern Time, eleven o'clock Pacific Time, and in Qatar, it's what time? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean the kickoffs for the US games are at 10 p.m. local. <laughs> um so it's, it's it's a lot of sitting around for the for the players. Um until that 10 p.m. kickoff, and then obviously it won't end until midnight. So some late late nights coming um, here in the group stage.
0: (laughs) You can follow Stephen Goff on Twitter at Soccer Insider, and he covers the beautiful game for the Washington Post. Uh, So excited to have you on the show again. Be safe, of course, and we look forward to, to following your report, Stephen.
1: Excellent. Thanks for having me.